Welcome to Feed the Sheep Podcast. This is your host, Ross Steele. As I always say, God is good all the time, and all the time, the devil is stupid. Here, I like to talk about things culture doesn't want to talk about. I talk about things to advance the gospel, to build the kingdom, and bless the world. Let's get right to it. Well, 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 welcome back, everybody, to Feed the Sheep. I uh, love these Monday mornings with you. Everybody usually hates Mondays, um, but I typically change the mindset to thank God it's Monday. Um, That's actually an Eric Thomas quote, big motivational speaker that I listen to. So you can go listen to his podcast too while you're at it. Um, Besides that, we have a very important special week uh, today, this week. Uh, message brought by a good friend of mine, Caden Key. He um, has a, his own personal journey and uh, his own knowledge to bring forth on this month being uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. So I wanted, I asked him if he'd join me uh, to share a little bit about it. And uh, hopefully you guys can get a lot out of it. So Caden, say what's up. What's up, everyone? Uh, it's a privilege to be here with you guys. I thank Ross for just having me on. And like you said, this is a a close topic to my heart. Um, and I'm really looking forward to just sharing my heart with you guys, uh, throughout this, this time here with you. Yeah. Uh, that's right. So as you all know, we always start with a word of prayer, except one time I kind of forgot, but don't worry about that this week. I'm not forgetting if you guys will, uh, bow your heads and just pray in agreement with me. If you're driving, do not, because I will not be associated with that with, if you do wreck. So, Just be safe. Uh, Father, thank you for allowing us to be here um, and discuss these things uh, without condemnation and just with with your heart uh, in mind that we may continue to glorify you and all that we are doing, Lord. Uh, I pray that you prepare the hearts of those who are listening today and uh, you just speak directly to them, to their hearts uh, and that you just speak directly through through myself and Caden um, to continue to advance your gospel in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. So for those who don't know anything about Caden, this is your opportunity, Caden, to uh, tell them a little bit about yourself. All righty. Uh, so for the people that do know me, this will come to no surprise. I do love basketball. Um, I love my family. I love Jesus. I love people in general. Um, and uh, more about me is I am a junior at, and well, I guess not now a junior because I just finished up oh, yeah. my semester. <laughs> so I'm a senior now at Anderson university. I am a psychology major. Uh, and with this topic coming up, I really got into psychology with my past, uh, history with mental health. Um, I really am passionate about uh, just speaking on this topic and being able to relate with people on such a touchy subject, uh, especially within like yeah. Christianity. Uh, and I just, I'm really passionate about it. I love being able to just talk the truth about it um, and not hide those feelings and just actually uh, know that they are there and that it is possible to struggle with those things. Yeah, so. I think, well, before we dive in, <laughs> yeah. I think it's important to note that um, when we struggle with these things in mental health in any capacity, it's it's easy to try to do it alone yes. and to hide it. Yes. And I think that, that, well, I know that that's exactly where the enemy yeah. wants us. Yeah. 
because uh, when we're alone, he can say anything to us and, and we will take it and we'll believe it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just something. So <laughs> I'm glad that you're willing and able to share and just open this discussion up for many who may not have that courage. So, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like honestly, just with all sin, really like the devil wants us to feel alone, wants us to feel trapped. And like, we mm. don't have any, like we can't talk to, like to people about it. Uh, I know that was real for my experience as well. Um, there was a part of me that wanted to just like wanted to be with people. And then there was like this other thing in my head that was telling me like, no, don't be with people. And when I reached my lowest point, it was when I was alone, uh, believe it or not. So you speaking on that does yeah. hit close to home for someone who has struggled with uh, depression and anxiety and suicide thoughts, actions, like name it. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's real. It's real. Uh, the devil does want you to be alone and not be around people. And that's the hardest part. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> you've mentioned it just real briefly there about kind of your own struggles, but if, if you, you wouldn't mind, or, uh, yeah. if you're open to it, diving in a little deeper to, so that these listeners can understand where you're coming from, mm -hmm. um, to a sense and that you've been with it. It's like, it's kind of like, here, listening to somebody who hasn't been with it, they could tell you anything, but if they don't directly relate, it doesn't really hold much weight. Yeah. Um, it's like trying to be a cavalry captain without knowing how to ride a horse. You know, sure. it's like it, it, it holds no weight. So um, let's put some weight onto this yeah. today. Yeah. I don't even know where to start. Uh -huh. So a lot of mine actually came from starting in high school, actually. Uh, real real a lot of pressures weren't like necessarily put on me from external uh, forces but more so internally with basketball uh, just having to perform I wanted to uh, reach playing in college I had seen that my whole life um, and so when things weren't coming late in high school things that necessarily I wanted I wanted to start searching for those and trying to accomplish those goals on my own, uh, by my own ways and actions. And so it really became a lot of pressure and weight that was put onto myself from trying to pursue that my, on my own. And so I began to just like, I'll get pretty vulnerable with you guys here. Um, I started like not sleeping at all. Uh, it was, it was where I would sleep, go to bed at two o'clock in the morning. I'd be laying there for four hours, just not being able to shut my mind off. And in basketball, I can vividly remember my senior year in the regional championship having to lay on the like on the locker room floor because like I was shaking so bad I was having a panic attack, and then just being able to go out there and play like I wasn't talking to anybody about this and like earlier like you had mentioned just like not wanting to tell people about that that was something real that I was experiencing in that moment and then going into actually going to a school that was going to give me money, which was a big thing to me. Uh, I thought it would all go away. Um, I thought I would just not, the anxiety, the depression, like the non-fulfillment of yeah. actually getting something that I had wanted was just going to be completely non-existent anymore. And that was not the case. I actually ended up getting to the school that I went to, uh, to struggle even more. Uh, it was instead of not sleeping at night, it started to become, I wasn't eating. Um, I was the suicide stuff started happening. Then it was real quick to when I got there. Um, I would wake up once every hour throughout the night. I can also vividly remember that as well. Um, and 
there was other things, more panic attacks coming on more frequently. Um, and yeah, like it was a lot of different symptoms. And then I'll just, I don't know if I'm going too soon for you, but I'm just going to keep going a little bit more deep into my story. But I actually ended up deciding to, um, go on a medical leave of absence from school because of these, uh, symptoms that were just overwhelming and taking me over. Um, so that was really hard, honestly, reaching out for help in that moment, but I knew I needed it. And honestly, God was so faithful in that moment because of how close I am to my family in that, the moment of the suicide stuff, they, those were the people that were laid on my heart. Uh, and I couldn't go through it. So like, it's just like looking back on it now, it's just like, he is so faithful and, he knew the people that mean the most to me and he blessed me with those people. So like, I wouldn't go through an act that I would like not be able to regret one day because I would have taken my own life. Uh, so looking back on it now, I can speak to that as being a moment that really stuck yeah. out to me of like his promises and faithfulness in my life and the people he's blessed me with. So, so, um, in those low moments, um, we talk about, I mean, you talk a little bit about, I think well, about kind of wanting to deal with it alone mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong, but I can kind of relate to this instance is, um, it's a, it's a pride issue. Mm-hmm. Um, because especially as men, uh, we're like, we are not taught you know, directly, but indirectly we're taught, oh, you're a man, you can't have these feelings. Um, it's like feminism, feminism or something, uh, to, to have these feelings and like you could get made fun of this, that, or the other. Um, and I think that pride really gets in the way which is one of our seven deadly sins, which we already covered here on <laughs> Feed the Sheep. But we allow that pride to get in the way, and then the enemy kind of takes over. Um, so, what are how do you how would you suggest somebody, or how did you personally um, kind of overcome that yeah. pride, which I feel like is so easy to fall into. Um, not only to men. I mean, I feel like it's easier for men to fall into pride because of like, you know, society. But um, I think women definitely will struggle with that too. So what are some things you, what did you do or what are some things that you could suggest uh, to help combat that? Honestly, I feel like pride was a root of a lot of my issues. Mm. Uh, I had a lot of like smaller schools that were pursuing me and that, that I kind of felt like I more so probably were, was a better fit for. It was honestly a pride thing that I wasn't going to go to a school that couldn't give me money to play basketball. Uh, And so I fought and kind of tried to orchestrate my own life plans to end up at a place that would give me money. So I pursued the O and U at the get, and then they started pursuing me. So I was like, Oh, this is a God thing. Like in my mind, it was like, Oh, he's providing now. Uh, But it was looking back on it now, it's just like, I can actually speak to it and attest to it that it was more so me searching for it out of pride. Um, and so when I got there, it was, it was more pride. I didn't want to leave because I knew that if I left, I would look weak. I would look like I had given up. I looked like I couldn't fight the fight. Um, 
of being there and just getting through these tough moments. And so honestly, I feel like for me, what was really humbling was actually deciding to leave the place that was fueling a lot of my, and really even looking like in this past year, I actually ended up giving up basketball and I feel like basketball for itself and me was a big pride thing. I wanted to just be able to tell people that I played college basketball and it wasn't so much like the life lessons I was learning from it or the friendships that I was gaining from it or being able to necessarily grow and uh, lead with people um, that were around me. It was, it was a big, I do still struggle with pride. So I don't know that I have a good answer (laughs) necessarily to say how I've overcome it, but I would say just like, for me, it's been letting go of the things that do root like itself in yeah. my life that really cause me to be prideful. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's smart. <laughs> I think, I mean, are, are we ever over pride? I, right. I don't know. I think we can get to that place, yeah. but dude, we're young. How old are you? 21? Yeah. Yeah. You just turned 21, didn't you? Or something. January. January. Close. Yeah. Close. January. Just, yeah. <laughs> just for me. <laughs> um, and, I'm 24. So like we still have so much life ahead and we get caught up in all this craziness and whatever. Um, but it's, it's interesting to note that, um, yours is kind of surrounded by, uh, sports. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that there was a, a post that went out on Instagram, uh, probably a couple of weeks ago about all these college athletes Mm -hmm. who, I mean, prominent successful college athletes who um have committed suicide um and on rochesterfirst.com i was kind of like looking and there's just the the three ones um this focuses on female college athletes but lauren bennett was just last month a softball player from james madison university Uh, and then weeks prior to that sarah schulze uh she was a track runner from the university of wisconsin madison she also, you know, lost the battle to mental health and committed suicide. And then um, in March, Katie Meyer, a softball player and a team captain for Stanford University, um, also passed to suicide, which, I mean, all of those lives are important. Um, but everybody, especially in the sports world and high school growing up, like have these goals and ambitions to achieve this and then they achieve it. And then it doesn't solve everything, right. um, even to being a team captain, yeah. you know, that that's like speaks volumes. And yeah. I don't think it gets enough attention. No. And I think it's something that's really growing. I know a lot of sports psychology is actually becoming a lot bigger of a thing. And a lot of schools are actually providing that, uh, which I think is really, really important And I think it even goes to say not even at the high, like it's important at even the highest level, but I even think it's also going to be an important thing to look at even at smaller level college basketball or like not basketball, but like all sports. Right. Um, Just because a lot of these kids do grow up their entire life devoted all summer long. They're playing their sport. It's an all year long thing. And it's just like they don't know life outside of their sport and their sport becomes who they are. And I just think it's like, it's, it's going to be a really important thing to just try to tackle as the, the years just keep going, honestly. Yeah. I know actually personally a really good friend of mine who, um, went on to, to play baseball. Well, he got drafted out of high school. He didn't 
go. He chose not to go just because it was so low, and he was like, "Well, I'd rather just go get a degree and still play baseball." So he actually went to play baseball four years um, at Ohio State, and he, when he got back, he he came back home, and uh, he's married now, you know, has a kid on the way, and but before all of this, he talked about. I was like, "Man, how are you doing?" He was like, "Not well," and. Luckily, we had a relationship where, you know, he can just openly talk about it. But, like, he, he's like, I mean, that's all I've ever done since I was, like, five or six. Baseball was literally it. I mean, he played other sports, but, like, baseball was his niche. And being removed, like, now it just suddenly stops. And you're like, well, what do I do? Right. Like, what am I supposed to do now? And I think he's still trying to figure that out. But... um what is it like to kind of just be done? I mean, what did you, I mean, you're never really fully done. Like you always had the love of basketball, right? Right. But when you were kind of done playing, um, what, what'd you do? Like, what did that look like? Yeah. So honest for you guys that don't know me, I actually just decided to be done this past year, uh, before this past basketball season. Uh, it was, something that I had given a lot of thought. Um, and for me, it was something that I just became really burnt out with, uh, the playing part of it. It was, and like I said earlier, I was so prideful in it. And so when I have like, since I have given my life to the Lord, I just feel like there, that was like a divider between me fully. I don't know why, but like in my heart, like that's what I felt is like basketball was holding me back from fully, um, experiencing Jesus. And so for me, it was like something that I felt like I needed to do. Mm. So I didn't necessarily, I wouldn't say had a lot of regret or like missing of it. Cause I am still around it so much right. and like watching it and stuff. Um, and so I can't really say that I've actually like been lost without basketball. That's um, good. <laughs> and so I, and I don't know, maybe it is because of the experiences I had at the school I first went to, um, to then find out that, and what I thought was I was having those feelings because of the pressures mm-hmm. of basketball. So I don't know if maybe like that played any role in yeah. just letting me be able to let it go. Um, and I think it does help that that year and then last year I had shoulder surgery so I was slowly getting myself away from the game um with being on the sidelines so I don't know if that also played a role uh, which it definitely could have I something you said that kind of stuck was like basketball was preventing you to fully be all in with Jesus or something like that you just said um so in a sense you know you had an idol Mm-hmm. you know basketball was your idol you recognized it and you know you made the proper adjustments obviously um but and i mean anything can be an idol yes and i think i mean it's very obvious uh that when we put these things above christ um we we have consequences not that god's punishing us but because oh. we're allowing the enemy to have a foot in the door, um, to have a foothold in our lives. Um, and I think that literally, I mean, you name it, it could be an idol, like food, idolatry, easy to be done. That's what gluttony, 
You know, I mean, it could be your phone. It could be reading. It could be studying, honestly. Like, it, it really could be anything. But how did you come to the realization that, like, oh, basketball is an idol. It's holding me back from where I could be and need to be with Jesus. Yeah, I feel like just a lot of guidance from other people uh, and not so much that I felt like they were dictating what I was doing, but just being able to express with them how I felt uh, and coming to discover what the root of a lot of my, uh, what do I want to say, like my struggles really. Uh, And to me, it just felt like that was rooted in basketball and then just trying to also pursue a relationship with the Lord and a lot of the ways that basketball made me feel was like, oh, I need to be the best of the best comparison. Um, I also just always, it was negative talk in my head all the time with basketball. <clears throat> and a lot of that does go with back to the comparison part. And I just, it, it really did make me feel like it was, interfering with me fully being into what I was doing with the Lord. And, and honestly, it even played a role in how I felt like I loved my teammates because of the comparisons. I didn't feel like I was loving them well, um, because of how I was always comparing myself with them. Uh, so I just felt like there was a real big divider there. And it was, like I said, also guidance of other people just kind of helped me come to that decision. And in my heart, I felt like that was as well. Um, I, so to share a little bit, I guess, (laughs) of my little background as well, um, there was a time when I felt every, before I really truly walked with, with the Lord, uh, which wasn't until July of 2019. And I grew up in church and all that good stuff, but, um, I filled the void of Jesus with absolutely everything besides Jesus. <laughs> um, and le- coming out of college in the spring of 2019, I was having a panic attack literally every day. Um, and it was always in the car. I, when I left college, I was commuting from LaPel um, to Bloomington every day. So it was drive. two hours drive back down, two hour drive back. Um, and usually it was usually every day on my way home, I'd have a panic attack. Um, and I called my mom and every time, and she's just like talking to me, she'd pray. And even in those moments, I didn't fully like, you know, accept those prayers or believe them over like, I mean, fully, um, but they helped. And that was kind of a, a thing to, what got me to where, where I got to that summer, but all leading up to it, there was July um, 13th, which was like the day that I kind of made the decision, like, Hey, things need to change. And this is, this is how I'm going to change it. And the answer was Jesus. Um, made that decision with, with my friend Devin. And, uh, but just a week before that, I, was still kind of like anxious and I wasn't working. I left that job in Bloomington and I didn't work for a month because I was like, I got to, something's got to change. And a week before the 13th, so that would have been, I don't know, the 6th or something, um, my my 
parents, my dad was gone, um, living at home. My mom was about to head to Fort Wayne to visit her sister for the night. And like 10 minutes before she was leaving, I just had, I just got back from the gun range and everything. And I just had, um, just this sudden urge. Like I was super anxious and everything like all the time, but I wasn't ever like had suicide ideation, um, ever. And I was just like, you know, well, I'll, this will pass, this will pass, this will pass, whatever. Um, but then all of a sudden there was just a sudden urge to like end it all and be done. And I, but it, the craziest thing was like, I had no control over my body. Like I genuinely, like I broke down in tears. I couldn't talk. And it was because in that moment I knew that it wasn't me in control. Like all these thoughts, like I knew I didn't want to like, you know, kill myself or anything. I knew that. Um, but it was just this spiritual attack, which was like, I'm not going to say it's the only answer to every situation like this, but for me it was, and I think it's a majority like spiritual warfare is real. Demons are real. Angels are real. God is real. Satan (laughs) is real. And when we, we choose to believe in Jesus, but ignore the fact that Satan's real, we put our guard down. Mm -hmm. And in this moment, I like, I literally had my gun on me and I was like, it's about to go down. And I had no control. And I just started sobbing. I walk in to see my mom and she's like, what's wrong? I couldn't speak. Like, and then she just laid her hands on me, prayed for like 10, 15 minutes and then just gone instantly. And I was like, that was the, she ended up not going to Fort Wayne. She stayed. Um, but she had like no idea what just happened, (laughs) but, uh, that prayer, like, I don't remember it. Like, cause I don't really remember that whole situation leading up to it because I was just not me. Like Satan, like a demon had the, the spirit of suicide, like definitely came over me. And, um, what's crazy is I went back and, and looked and this is a, this is a wild part, but what went back and I went back and looked, um, at like deaths in the area at that time. And there was another person who just down the road, not like down the road of the pub, but like down the road yeah. and Anderson who, um, doesn't live like just like six minutes away had died from suicide that same day, like that night, just like hours, like just an hour or two after uh, that had happened to me. And I was like, whoa, like this, like this was real. This was a real attack. And it was crazy. I say it's crazy because that was just a week before I made the decision that Jesus is literally all I'm going to live for. And ever since then, has it been easy? No. no. But is it ever? No. Uh, in fact, the, the word says quite opposite. Like we're going to face a lot of trials uh, for walk with him. And I only bring that up because uh, I think it's important to know that we aren't the only ones. Um, but you're not the only one. You already, I'm sure you already know that. But like um, for so long, my pride got in the way to the point where I wouldn't even share this story. Like I literally just shared my whole story. I only got to this part of it 
for the sake of this episode, but my whole story, I ended up sharing. We had our first Wednesday service at church on uh, this past Wednesday, and uh, that was the first time. Like I was super convicted by the the devotional that kind of came up, um, and it, I was just like, "Is so clear, Ross. You need to share it." Because I had never shared my testimony of who I was before Christ, because I always thought it would make me unqualified, and in that moment. After I shared, there was so much more freedom. Yeah. Like I was like, whoa, like why am I not sharing this? So I share that because I wanted you, Caden, to know like, hey, like this is real. Yeah. It happens. You already know that, but like we're in this together, right? Right. Um, but I I also wanted to kind of ask like now that you're how, – how far out removed? What is that like – Three, four years? I've been 2019 too. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so three years removed. Um, where, looking back now, what are, for somebody who may be in this, in this moment right now, what kind of change? Obviously, you, sur- you had a great community. You have a great yeah. family surrounding you. Um, you have great mentors, I'm sure. But, like, what could you give for somebody who may be listening and may be in this battle right now yeah before I do that I do want to say like kind of you had said like you don't know how you got into that moment like when you were there and like even looking back now it's kind of like a blur yeah I could not say that is any more truer for my situation than like when you said that I was like whoa (laughs) like that's it's so weird because like you just don't like in that like in the moment I was like I can remember the act and stuff like that but like I don't remember what led me to that it was like something just like came over me and was just like it's so yeah so when you said that I felt like I needed to just uh hit that uh hit that hit on that a little bit more but um yeah no I uh for me it was a lot of when I was home from school it was coming and like reaching out to people um and at first I did not want a single person to know I would only go out of the house on weekends because I was like, and, and for therapy and stuff like that, I would go, uh, which I do want to say, don't be ashamed to go to therapy because I think therapy is good. Um, it might take you a second to find the person that you actually, um, feel comfortable sharing certain things with. But if you can find that person, they are professionals for a reason. Um, and that's not just because if I ever want to go to counsel in the clinical counseling, yeah. you don't have to come see me if you don't want, You're uh, right. <laughs> but, uh, I would say that is big as well. But for me, it was like, I didn't even want people to know. Um, I would say, don't be ashamed. Uh, and kind of what you're saying, like so many people go through these, uh, feelings and these, um, medical disorders really. And like, they just don't want to. Uh, share them because they feel like they are so alone and I would say you're not um, and being able to actually uh, express them really does free you uh, I know that was the case for me and I actually was just listening to a sermon last night that talked a lot about um, when we believe in the lies of the devil uh, he bounds us to those um, and we feel so trapped and we live in those but the truth mm-hmm. is what sets us free so yeah. for me it was finding people that would pour scripture and uh, pour the truth into me because the truth is what sets us free. Right. And for me, it was also doing that as well and getting into the word daily um, and being really, in t- really intentional about that. And 
it's so true. The truth, uh, I mean, the truth really does set you free and the word is the truth. So, um, I would really encourage you to do and that. The word as well. is God, right? <laughs> God <laughs> is the circle. way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. Um, so scripture. Okay. Yeah. Do you have, do you have a life verse that has come out of this situation or, or do you just have some, some words, <laughs> some text that you could um, share? I'm trying to think that's a tough question. Uh, I mean, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I would say I've, I really feel like I've clung on to just for like the whole past and like kind of what led up to that was like really just seeking the approval of the world. So like, it's kind of funny now thinking about, but on my letterman jacket in high school, I didn't really know why I put the verse on it. It was just kind of, I did it, but Galatians one ten, I feel like holds a lot of weight. Uh, Proverbs 16, nine was one that I kind of clung on to. I mean, I could say first Peter five, seven. I mean, I could probably go on the list. What's funny. You say I put it on there. Yeah. Uh, You had no idea why get this. All right. (laughs) Dude, I'm finding out we're we're kind of like almost identical here because I went to Michigan in, in middle school, lived with my aunt and uncle. My mom gave me a three by five note card with first Peter five seven on it. That's the only well, the first verse I ever memorized minus like Genesis one one or yeah. John three sixteen maybe. Um but my sister actually had me memorize it because she was annoyed with me. She was like, here, take this, memorize it in the car. Uh, but then my mom wrote it on a note card, gave it to me before I went to Michigan. I always had it, had it through high school, senior year of high school. I get, take that note card and I get it tattooed on my ribs and I'd never experienced anxiety, never had panic attacks or anything. First time I had a panic attack was freshman year of college. And First Peter 5, 7 is cast all your anxiety on him because yeah. he cares for you. And I'm like, yo, what? <laughs> like, this is, this is my life verse. I declared it my life verse before I ever even had anxiety. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so weird that you literally said Galatians 1, 10. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, no way that just happened. Yeah, that's so funny. Oh. There, there really are um, so many. Uh, from, from scripture. I mean, there's a lot, but so Galatians one ten is, uh, am I now trying, is this the right one? Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Yes. Because I think people, there's people pleasers. I guarantee there's people pleasers listening right now. Yeah. <laughs> I still struggle with yeah. that a little well, bit. We're not here to please people, right? <laughs> no. Um, and that doesn't mean that we're not here to serve people. Right. I mean, there's a difference for sure. Very like, much. are we seeking the approval of people or are we seeking the approval of God when we're serving people? We're getting the approval. We're getting the approval <laughs> of God. And when we are only doing things for people so they may like us or accept us or this, that, or the other. That's well, yeah. Pleasing to people. alone. I felt like that kind of was, it spoke a lot of volume to like my story a little bit too. Cause like I was seeking the approval of man so much. Uh, and even where I played college basketball. Uh, so yes, it can, it can do a lot of damage. What was the Proverbs verse? 16, nine. Proverbs 
Yes. For anybody wondering, I'm typing this in my computer because <laughs> I do not know the word off the back of my hand, so no judgments. 16.9. Uh, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Yes. I really, I really felt like I had a, another, like kind of similar to Galatians. Uh, for me, it was, I felt like, I was literally trying to dictate every single step I took and honestly getting me to the school that I thought was where I needed to be. Um, but now just looking back, it's like, no, he really is determining every bit of my, my steps because yeah. I'm where exactly where I need to be. I mean, I think it's so easy. Like it, I am not a control freak, but I like control. Yeah. I'm an eight on the Enneagram. So <laughs> that just kind of makes sense. What do you think I am? I don't know. Are For you sure. an eight also? No. Oh, I was <laughs> I'm like a two. No, I'm a three. I'm a three. I was like, wait, I'm what? Three. Okay. Because three. threes and eights are pretty similar. Um, they're often mistyped with each other. So okay. like. I did not know that. You didn't know that? No. Sometimes people think they're an eight, but they're really a three. Mistypes are real. Maybe I'm an so eight. So what's your wing? Two? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not a four. No. <laughs> no shame on you fours out there. But Andy, who's been on the podcast, he's a four. And I I, I have the term. I don't, I think it's the individualist is the name of it. But mm-hmm. I call them the emotional ones. But no, hey, yeah. just it's yeah. easier to remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, control is like big for me. Even like here now. Stepped into a campus coordinator role at Pendleton for those on the podcast who have no idea what's going on in my life. Um, and it's the next step before campus pastor. Uh, the decision hasn't been made here, but that'll be made here in a couple months or so. And I kept trying to be in control of what's going on. And like there was something that was said in a devotion I read. Um, Dick Brogdon is the devotional. He's the author. Um, it's like the the dead and joy or something i forget the name of it but he he says you must remember that god is the architect he's the builder you are only the sower the harvester the waterer and you will not be building but he will and i and i read i, I was like oh smack me right across <laughs> the face i was like okay so that makes a lot more sense i don't need to be building I just need to steward. I need to do all these other roles and God will build it. Um, anyways, I feel like I definitely took us off topic, but <laughs> control is a part yes, of it. I it think, is. especially for those who love control and when they don't have control, they can get anxious. Um, I don't know what that would fall into. Probably pride, but yeah. I feel like pride is, I think they're all connected. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> I'm sure they are. Yeah. Um, but as we close out here, Caden, what are, what's something that you just have to share that these people got to hear that they got to know as they're walking through these moments, or even if they're out of these moments, what can, what can they do? Um, I mean, whatever. Honestly, what comes to mind is I've actually been reading a little bit in revelation. I can't quote exactly which say revelation. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Caden's favorite (laughs) book of the Bible is revelation, by the way. Okay. I read it very literal though. So like (laughs) I could be taking this out of context, but uh, I don't remember the exact chapter either. Honestly, right now on top of my head, but where it talks about um, 
when the Lord comes and when the earth is ready for harvest. And I feel like I also go back to another theme verse of my, um, it's actually a flag in my bedroom, Jeremiah 17, seven and eight. And it talks about like a tree being planted by the water and stuff. Um, and I just feel like as people who struggle, like we should, the Lord provides us with these stories. Um, and sometimes we are the tree and sometimes we need to, uh, give out the fruit to other people. Um, and Mm. sometimes we need to, um, have like we need to be having people given to us um so don't be like look for those people be intentional about finding those people that can pour into you so you can bear fruit but also be willing to give some of your fruit to other people so other people can learn and um, grow from your challenges so we can all be ready for the harvest um and be just prepared when jesus comes so that's good um there's something that I actually put on my story today, this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Revelation 17, right? No, not Revelation. <laughs> or not 17. I meant Jeremiah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not Jeremiah either. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it literally says, your story is a key that unlocks the chains of other people. Yeah. Share what God has done in your life. Yep. And that really resonated in me. And I think that really sits good right now with where we are in this conversation. And um, if you're if you've gone through it, share it, mm-hmm. share what God's done. Um, because who knows that person you share it with, that person you talk to, yeah. it could literally be a key that unlocks their chains that yeah. gives them a whole new perspective. Um, so yeah, for sure. That's what we got. Caden, thanks for yeah. being on here at feed the sheep. I'll close us out with a word of prayer. Um, and then we'll be on our way. Father, thank you just for this conversation. Thank you for Uh, who you are and what you've done. You've gone before us. You establish our steps, God. May we remember that this week as we go out, Lord. May we be uh, the salt and the light um, here in the world. Uh, May we continue to do things for your glory alone to advance the gospel, to build your kingdom, and to bless the world. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. Thank you for listening to Feed the Sheep this week. May the Spirit be within you, may it be upon you to embolden you in your faith to go out and advance the gospel to build the kingdom and bless the world.